KVLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First and my first thing today and every day giving thanks, giving praises and asking for blessings from the Most High, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it started. The new week, the new year, the new day. So this is the structure of what we do around here. The first hour we look to the left coast, the Pacific Ocean side of town. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person of interest or a hot topic. Uh, today, we're pretty much on that page all the way through. And of course, you are invited in every hour, 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. Call me anytime to argue, to fellowship, you know to interact, reciprocity, love, love, love that, love, love, love to hear from you always. And that includes on social media where we are KBLA 1580 on every single platform, including YouTube, where we're streaming right this very minute. KBLA 1580 is what you punch in once you go to youtube.com. Same thing applies if you're looking for our app, and I wish that you would. KBLA 1580 on the App Store, or the Google Play Store, you can get it for free. And you can take us with you on your phone, wherever you go, wherever in the world you might happen to be. Um, so please do that. It makes KBLA stronger for those of you you who like us to thrive, because uh, we know that you thrive with us. We appreciate you telling a friend to get the app and do all of that. Um, so today in hour three, we'll be hearing from Freeway Rick Ross. Freeway Ricky Ross has been hasn't been over here for a bit. He's coming live in studio, so that'll be fun. He's got a new enterprise, but I'll let him tell you about that when he gets here. Should be a lively conversation as usual. And um, speaking of people that I've known forever and today, my partner in politics today is an activist here in uh, the greater Los Angeles area and actually uh, nationwide He's a leader who serves uh, in the Nation of Islam as Louis Farrakhan's Western Regional Representative. And um, he is a longtime peace activist here in the urban peace movement. Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad, um, you know, popularly known as Minister Tony Muhammad. Welcome. Thank you, Sister Dominique. Really appreciate being on your span. It's been a while. Wow. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's great to have you back. I was thinking about starting the year, you know, how we start off, um, how we set our intentions, our goals, kind of our spiritual vibration for the year. And I'm really, I think you know this, uh, I'm really, really insistent in an interfaith space where all spiritual traditions are welcome. And so I had a a minister, a uh, Christian minister on uh, first week. I had um, a an Ifop, uh Baba Lao on, and I wanted to uh, hear, you know, a Muslim perspective, your leadership as a spiritual, um, you know, guide for many people. How would you kind of set the tone for 2024? Well, first, Sister Dominique, thank you um, for inviting me to be on your show particularly in this new year, 2024. And I really want to thank you because you, you've definitely been 
what you say you have been, and that is you've always respected all faith traditions. And I'm taught from my leader and mentor, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that if you look at all of the major faith traditions and those that are not so major, the thread that binds many of them together is peace. So we're taught that every time there's a new year, we should sit down and reflect on all the blessings that God gave us the year before the new year came in. We should reflect on him because many did not make it through 2023, but yet we are here. We don't say Happy New Year as such, because it may or may not be happy. <laughs> but what we do <laughs> what we do say is peace. God, peace be with you. May you find peace. See? And so that's what we do. I, I reflect. I reflect on my mistakes. I reflect on goals that I set. And why did I fail? What could I do better this year that I didn't do last year? And for me, I always say I'm looking for my purpose. And the Bible say, blessed is he or she who finds their real purpose in life. Mm. And most of us, we think sometimes that our purpose is personal, but the best joy that any human being can get is how did I put myself in service to others? What did I do for another human being who needed help, who needed guidance, who needed a kind word? And, and so that's what the new year represents to me. I get another year, at least the start of the year to do better. <laughs> this year than what I've done the year before. And Sister Dominique, at least the start of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> you want to start it off right, and hopefully you can maintain it. Right. Because what I never try to be to people is some spiritual leader who act like I don't struggle or who act like I don't sin. See, for the Bible and the Holy Quran said, there's none righteous, no, not one. So I try to make sure that my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds so that at the end of that year, if God put my deeds on a scale, I want, when I pray to God, I, I don't want God to come back and say insufficient work. That's that's how I carry myself, man. Did, did I do something good to others, you know? And, yeah. and so that's what I do. I just reflect, man. And I love other faith traditions. One thing that I respect and love about myself is how I try to connect with other faith traditions. And I learned this through working with many of the fractions called gangs. And I remember one day all the religious, uh, many religious leaders was, we were meeting with 
many of the gangs, one of the members stood up and he said to us, you know, you all, you asked us to stop the gang banging on the lowest level, but many of you, when we come to your houses of worship, you all gang bang on the highest level. And he said, why don't you all unite while you're asking us to unite? And that struck me years ago. And so I've always been the kind of spiritual leader under the leadership of the Honorable Minister Louis Farquhar, who told me, Brother Bill Bridges, to every faith, tradition, every political um, entity, social, that, are, that is out there. You know, and so that's what I try to do, Sister Dominique, and that's what I try to encourage others to do, reflect. Yeah. Um, black Americans, according to the Pew Research Center, make up 20% of the Muslims that are in this country, one-fifth. It's a huge um, number of, of the people of Muslim faith that are in the United States are black Americans. Yes. It's, it's the fastest-growing religion, you know, in America, you know, because many of our ancestors who was brought here, you know, we, we practiced many African faith tradition, and Islam was one of them. Mm. That's funny that you would you call um, uh, Islam an African faith tradition because, um, you know, some of the scholars that I read call it a Western tradition, um, you know, more in alignment with Christianity or even, uh, you know, the, the Arab world is where we think of uh, the thriving uh, of uh, Muslim faith. But yet we know also there's, you know, one of the most powerful narratives written, uh, a slave narratives written, was written by a, a uh, formerly enslaved uh, Muslim American. Yeah, well, you know, Sister uh, Dominique, it, it, it's not... Sometimes when people try to put stuff on the religion, we have to be careful. Yeah. Certain people <laughs> certain people may do things that's not attributed to the religion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jesus knew nothing about enslaving people, but yet, you know, they don't call Christianity a slave religion. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so... Uh, the, the thing is, that whole, the Middle East was something that was done by the West. All of that is Africa, you know, and so that was done by the British. I mean, the that's probably one of the reasons, well, it is one of the reasons why people don't realize that Egypt is in Africa. Um, it's because of, because of the, you know, the concept of Middle East. If you look at the actual map, though, it becomes clearer. Absolutely. And see, these are the kinds of conversations that we have that bring about peace. Mm. Because, because there are people who are saying things that's not attributed to the religion. It's attributed to people who, in the name of the religion, did crap that was, had nothing to do with the faith. Minister Tony Muhammad, do you have, you said, you know, you reflect... You look back at the year, the successes, the, the ways that you were able to help people, the, what you wish you could have, or what you would like to do better. Is there any other um, sort of Muslim um, or faith tradition uh, for bringing in a new cycle or a new year um, that, you know, others might benefit, whether they're 
atheists, Christians, or questioning? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, for me, it's that, am I at peace? Hmm. And if I'm not at peace, what broke my peace? Or what did I do to break the peace? Yeah. And so for me, you know, I'm always looking for that inner peace, man. And, and that's it. That's it for me. I, mean, I say woo because it's inner and outer peace right now. I mean, wor- right? We, world peace is, uh, you know, is also a, yeah. a huge priority, and, and, and we'll get to that. But you say, ask yourself, am I at peace, and start there. Yeah, because, see, you hear this word in Islam called jihad. And a lot of people have taken that out of context. You know, they hear jihad, that means holy war. But when people say that, they think it's a holy war against infidels. No, no. Jihad is a war against the evils of self. The evils of self? Of self, when, Mm. when I can deal with my lying tongue and put it under control. When I can deal with my sexual appetite, if it's out of control, when I can pull that under control, when I can deal with speaking ill against people who are not present and slandering them to others, see, that's jihad. I got to stop that. I have a holy war going on with myself. And if I can rid myself of my own demons, then peace from the outside becomes easy because the greatest impediment for me, is myself. Yeah. Instead of blaming other people, I could blame the white man for this, or I could blame others for this, but I have to take responsibility first for the evils of self. Man, when I can do that, oh my God, Sister Dominique, I'm at peace with every. It ain't nothing no one could do that could attack or hurt me worse than what I've done to myself. Talking with Minister Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad, a.k.a. Tony Muhammad. And we'll talk about peace. I want to talk about activism. I want to speak on, uh, you said, you know, what, how have I helped others in 2023? And I do want to hear about some of the things that you've done that you feel good about. When we come forward, we're talking, uh, we're talking peace. We're talking to you, 800-920-1580. If you want to jump on, it's KBLA. Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, now, Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad is my guest, a.k.a. Minister Tony, um, the... Western Regional Representative for the Nation of Islam, longtime peace activist. What are you most um, most at peace with <laughs> that uh-huh. happened in 2023 that you were able to accomplish? Because I know, you know, so much of the work uh, that activists like yourself do goes unseen. Well, you know, this past year, we just celebrated 15 years of peace rides that we do every month, you know, at the fourth Sunday of every month, we do peace rides 
uh, in various areas in Southern California where there's gang conflict. And God blessed me to pull together the bikers, lowriders, the Carvette clubs, because within those particular groups, we find that the motorcycles is something that's a reality for many of them. So you have blood and crips all, many of them ride on motorcycles or lowriders or Carvettes. So once a month, we get the families who have lost a loved one to violence. And we ride into the various community with many of our clergy, Muslim, Christians, Baptists, Methodists, and we stop, make three stops with those parents and loved ones who may have lost someone in that area, and we have prayer. But leading up to the peace rides, we always try to make sure we settle at least one conflict between various gang sets. And I've been doing that for 15 years, uh, and I'm just happy that the group that I work with over 15 years, we've settled over 300 gang conflicts. Wow. So that's something I'm very, very proud of, to see Muslims, to see Christians, to see Bloods, to see Crips, to see gang activists, all of us, to see mothers, mothers who've now made peace their purpose and are asking other youth, you know, to please stop killing. Don't kill in my son or daughter's name. Let's bring about peace. And so we've been doing that for 15 years. You know, no, I don't ask for support for government. I don't ask for funding. You know, no, it's just something we do as a service to the community and as an honor to our faith tradition. So, yeah, we just hit 15 years. You know, nonstop. and it's interesting that you say that um, because I've known you way longer than that. And I know that you've been doing the peace work before 15 years. So you're talking about the peace rides. But, uh, you know, I remember (laughs) being in meetings uh, before I had my child when I was much more involved on the street level, being in crazy meetings with you trying to bring uh, peace in, in certain factions. And that's been the 90s, so I know it's been more than 15 years. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for 30, <laughs> 30 years. I've yeah, been in Los yeah. Angeles for 30 years, and, I, I, you know, I love it. You have to be made of a, of a certain kind of material because, you know, sometimes as faith leaders, we have to be careful because we want these guys to have the kind of etiquette that God has blessed us with, but they come raw. You know that, Dominique. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. And they come even ready sometimes to deal with each other. But over the years, you know, God has blessed me where this and being consistent, you know, I'm able to do things now that I wasn't able to do when I first started because I paid a price. Yeah. Almost even all the way up to almost losing my own life trying to save the lives of others. And and so I'm honored that I've earned the respect of many in the streets as a result of my work. Let's go to um, Kanum calling us from Culver City. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Good morning. Good morning, Dominique. This is Charleston Blue, but I got a new name. I had to take that white man name off me. I'm Kanum now. Kanum, okay. Kanum. K-H-N-U-M. So... Uh, I'm happy to hear from you again, Minister. 
But but the thing is, I like what you do in the community. We love you out here, but we got one problem. Now, I read a lot of books and study a lot of people. And my thing is this. We got to talk about Islam and Muslims, how they march millions of black folk across that African continent. There's still bones in that Sahara. So we got to talk about how the Arabs treated us, castrated our men, and did this to us. And we talk about the white man, the transatlantic slave trade, but we never talk about the Arab slave trade. And I believe that basically a lot of our Muslim brothers don't want to talk about that and had a conversation that, that our brothers and sisters would did like this. And they had us enslavement for almost 1,500 years, brother. So we got to talk about that. And, and, and a lot of people say, well, you're a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I'm, not, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm saying is this. We had the Christian white man do things to us, and we got to talk about the Arabs in the name of Islam, brother. You know, it's funny. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely, dear brother. I mean, we don't, we don't run from any conversation because at the end of the day, truth is what has the power. And everyone who had a part of playing in our demise has to answer for that. You know, the Arabs, the Jews, agnostics, the Dutch, the French, you know, so you're right. Uh, you know, brother, I don't shy from that conversation. You are absolutely correct. I was just going to point out, Kanum, that uh, in 2018, I went to Tanzania. I'm We are going again this year in uh, June to Tanzania and going to Kenya for the first time. But in Tanzania, there's an incredible museum uh, on, on the island of Zanzibar, a slave museum, actually, which very just clearly documents the slave uh, trade, the enslavement of black people heading east uh, to the Arab world. It's, and it's, it was an eye-opener for me. Not that I didn't know about it, but it, that, that um, trade lasted so much longer that they have photographs uh, and they have details. And um, it, really, it really made me think about how if you had one relative that was shipped to the west coast of Africa and one that was shipped to the east, you could have actually blood relatives in the Arab world and the United States or anywhere in Europe and not even and not even know it. It, it was uh, pervasive indeed. We've got news, traffic, and sports. We'll continue the conversation with Abdul Malik Saeed Mohammed and you when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Thank you indeed. 809-20-1580. If you want to jump in the conversation, Abdul Malik Saeed Mohammed is my guest. Uh, he is the Western Regional Representative for the Nation of Islam. Tony Mohammed, I don't know if you want to follow up further on what Kanum said uh, regarding the, you know, because we kind of did cover it at the beginning of the conversation. You were talking about how people can do things in the name of any uh, religious faith, um, and they don't necessarily reflect what's in the book or what's in the uh, what's in the teachings. Absolutely, there is. Look, all faith tradition is in need of reform, and has been hijacked by people who misinterpret or come up with their own interpretation in the name of that particular religion. You know, so, I mean, so whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, whether it's Islam, we in the Nation of Islam believe that the whole world 
is about to explode for what it has done to people of color and all tyrants, no matter what they're out there saying, will be sat down and will be destroyed. Care who you are. You know, so it, it, it's my thing is I don't try to blame a whole entity for something a few hijackers have done. You know, and traditionally, when you look at the prisons, when a Christian do something, you never hear their religion get brought up. But me as a Muslim, if I deviate and do something wrong, my whole religion get blamed for my sin. That's not fair. Or it's not fair that when a wicked police officer do something, we blanket and say all police officers. These are the kind of things we have to stop. But <laughs> well, but that but we, that's different, I think, because we're blaming the system. Hopefully, we're blaming the system rather than the individual humans. Although the individual humans do have responsibilities for their action when it comes to police. Yeah, but 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 I but I know I know of some beautiful and strong police officers, you know. And so I'm saying, when it comes to faith, you know, we call out the, the Arabs too. That's a question that's got to. Everyone has to atone for what they have done to well, destroy or to hurt or to maim us and others. And so these are, brother, is he's absolutely right. But right now, I have to deal with where I am and get the oppression off my neck here in America. Now we need to have a conversation with our Arab brother and even some African brothers who also it ain't just white folks (laughs) so he's right all tyrants sister dominique have to be brought to the carpet when you say when you say some african brothers are you talking about african faith leaders or are you telling us to look at well i mean i'm not talking about i'm saying i'm saying anyone okay in any walk of life who's not doing justice yeah yeah, uh, you know, because again, some of us were sold into slavery by our own people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, overemphasized you know, so, by people who don't want to take responsibility for what they've done. But yeah, it's true. I've seen the evidence of it in Ghana, actually. Yeah, with my so own look, eyes. If your, com- if, your, if your country benefited <laughs> by slavery, what are you willing to do to repair the damage? Yeah. It's eight steps of atonement. And once you go through those eight steps of atonement, man, that's a beautiful thing for anyone. You know, and, and so that's the beauty. You, you keep know, you that. got so many things coming out. Like I, I can barely follow up on the last one before we get to the next one. Um, <laughs> eight steps of atonement. You brought up reparations. We do something here called Freedman Fridays every Friday in the second hour of the show. We focus on reparations. And since you brought it up, I have to follow up how the eight steps of atonement apply to the reparations movement as it pertains to black Americans? Well, it's contrition. It's making amends. You know, once you go through, you point out the wrong. The wrong has to be acknowledged. You know, then you have to feel bad for what you've done. And then the fifth step, you have to say, okay, here's what I'm willing to do to make up for the wrong. And then once you make up for the wrong, it brings about peace. So reparation is like the fifth or sixth step in the act of atonement. Yeah. And so, you know. But Are we there yet? Are we at step five? I mean, in America? 
No, not. I mean, we might be, <laughs> we, but, we, but, the, the, but right. the opponents are not. Right, because they <laughs> haven't really expressed contrition or. Um, no, and look, look, yeah. and look. Here, here's a, here is Ukraine. Here's a government that was willing to give all this money to Ukraine, and do you know what kind of of help? What what we could fix if you would do that. For the black man and woman who have suffered, who's been destroyed, and is still a little destroyed today. I mean, I'm watching the kind of money. Every year, we give $5 billion to Israel for what happened to them in the Holocaust when America had nothing to do with that. Well, you know, but yet, we can't say nothing. We did sell arms to the Nazis before we got into World yeah, War II. But, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, I, you know, yeah. the same argument we've had about Ukraine, which is that, you know, it, Ukraine has a right to sovereignty, but we have so many things that are, you know, glaring problems at home uh, that we are not taking care of. Um, yeah, and that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. Charity starts at home yeah. before you spread it abroad. <laughs> you know, and uh, so, yeah, no, we're, we're not there, but there are some great groups who are really putting pressure and, and I think it's, it's getting a little headway. I just, I just, my hope is that I hope we don't sell ourselves short. And I hope on reparations. Really calcul- yeah. I hope we've really calculated what the damage will cost, you know, and that so that we don't go in there and shortchange ourselves, and everybody get ten thousand dollars and the next day give it back. Yeah, well, I think the California Reparations Task Force has done a pretty amazing job of um, outlining damage in a lot of different areas and you know that that's why people are so uh, some people are so re, you know reluctant to embrace the cash part of it because say they say it will cost too much well that's not even close to what you extracted uh, you you meant right. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned something about um, you said we believe and uh, I believe you were talking about people of Muslim faith. Maybe you were talking about your your activist circle. I'm not sure. Maybe both. That we believe that there's a reckoning of some kind um, going on right now. What do you mean by that? Well, in the Holy Quran, it is written that all tyrants will be set down. There's been so much oppression. And, you know, right now in the Middle East, the whole the Bible talks about the war of Armageddon. And when you see armies beginning to form in and around Jerusalem, you are witnessing that war because of oppression. See, oppression has to blow off, and those who are oppressed are pushing back. And we believe that all tyrants, no matter where they are, will be set down and peace will be established on the earth. Well, the Christians believe that Jesus is coming back, but he ain't coming back with no kumbaya. He's coming with a sword to set down all tyrants. And according to their faith tradition, that sword is going to be dripping with blood, and the blood would be running up to the horse's bridle because we're witnessing the last days. So you we're actually So you we'll believe that we're in the last days right now? Yes. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I know that there are people of, of many faiths that, that hold that that view. Um, I feel like we've seen wars and famine and evil and tyrants um, over the centuries. Um, we've seen famine and oppression and, and, and terrible deeds um, over the centuries um, from, you know, from the Ma'afa, the enslavement of, of African Americans, the Holocaust uh, of Jewish people, to the uh, you know ongoing uh, pillaging of Africa. Why is this day, this modern day um, situation? Why do you think this is the one? Well, because again, you see, um, look at what's happening in Europe with Ukraine, with Russia. Look at what's happening in Libya. All of these countries that's being destabilized. And many of them, America, as you say, have a hand in it. We've never seen the threat of wars and rumors of wars like what we see now. And mm -hmm. that Middle East, that Middle East play a very, very important part, and it looks like it's about to explode. It does. And when that happens, it's going to spread throughout Asia and roll over into Europe. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that, brother, you'll see people, Americans, going to war by the tens of thousands and returning by the hundreds. Because once it gets in Europe, brother, that European white man has something for his European brother in America when it spreads into that area. Well, um, uh, hopefully, I, I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I hope you're wrong, <laughs> Minister Abdul Malik Saeed Mohammed. Well, I, I don't want to see another world war. I don't want to see the end of the world, uh, although I would like to see, you know, the sitting down of all tyrants for sure. Yeah, it, it, could, it could be avoided if they would sit down and repent. It could be avoided, but they, ha they would have to be willing to repent. We, but many, many of these leaders are arrogant, and they're not willing to repent. You know, they love war. They love weapons. Weapons has become their gods. And so, look, if it takes that to bring about peace so that war will, be, will never be again, then bring it on. 800-920-1580, if you want to weigh in on that, that's uh, foundational right there. Minister Abdul Malik Saeed Mohammed, a.k.a. Minister Tony, is my guest. Continuing the conversation when we come forward exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, Dad. Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive, KBLA Talk 1580. And uh, it's a pleasure talking with uh, Abdul Malik Saeed Mohammed, Minister Tony. Um, you know, this idea, we started out with this idea of setting the new year um, and my own philosophy of interfaith work, something I know you've been strong on. We also had the conversation brought up by Kanum uh, about and also brought up by yourself, uh, Minister Muhammad, about this sep this idea of being able to separate a faith from the actions of those uh, who who do it in the name of that faith. 
And I think the situation um, in the Middle East is is a is actually a glaring example of that. Uh, it seems to me that what the hard right conservative government of Benjamin Netanyahu is doing is not even it's really not about religion. It's about his political agenda. Um, but I think that that, that gets conflated. Um, and I know, you know, we could do a whole show on this. We don't have time to do it, but I, I don't want to let the show go by without addressing it. I know that folks um, have the view that the Nation of Islam in particular um, and Muslims in general are anti-Semitic. Um, and I've, I feel like this, this uh, claim is being thrown around right now um, in a way, if, if, you're, if you stand against the policies of Netanyahu, that means you're anti-Semitic. Um, but I know for, you know for the Nation of Islam, it goes uh, much further back than that. You want to address that in this moment in time? Well, no, I think that's just a whole show, Sister Dominique, yeah. you know. And of course, right now, uh, Minister Farrakhan in the Nation of Islam, we have launched a lawsuit against the Anti-Defamation League and the Simon Wiesenthal for the misuse of the word anti-Semitism. You know, that's a misuse of that word. And if you, your audience would just go look up the word Semite, I'm a Semite. You know, the Semite represents various African languages and people of color. And so, so that, that word has been weaponized because people can't take criticism. And... You know, there's a saying, if you want to find out who rules you, find out who you can't criticize. But my, my whole thing with what you are attempting to do, it could be summed up in the eight steps of atonement. Everyone on this planet, all governments, entities, all of us can find something that we need to atone for. <laughs> and, without, and without that, it or can't a lot be of no things. healing. Or a lot of things, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be no healing. Yeah. It can't be no healing, you know? Mm-hmm. And and, and 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 so that's that's because this thing that's happening um in the Middle East, particularly with the Palestinians, this is not no vacuum. You gotta look at what's been happening to them over the years and then when a you know, when a person has been oppressed for so long and then they push back, you call that terrorism. You know, and these you gotta look at what happened to their country, how it got took from them. And and what has been happening to them since 1947 up to now. And so it's a lot in that area that has to be corrected. But it cannot be corrected if people are not willing to sit down and have the wrongs pointed out and acknowledge the wrongs and confess them and repent from them and atone and forgive and then reconcile. Yeah. That's how you get through the eight steps of atonement. Without that, Sister Dominique, you're right. White, right-wing people are people with their own wicked agendas and want to be dictators, man. All of that crap's got to stop. Hmm. Yeah, we don't even have to time, time to go into our own wannabe dictator. I do want to ask you this. ABC 7 has a story today about how the Compton Public Safety Commission held a meeting on Monday. And I know you've been working with bikers and various car groups and, and gangs and, and, trying to um, work on peace. And they, are, they, they brought Steve Cooley, the, the, speaking of conservative right-wing folks, former DA, in. And he's suggesting 
this after the you know street takeovers and the in the crashing and smashing of Ruben's Bakery and Mexican food store where they rammed the Kia into it and took all the bread and money and stuff, cracking down. You know, uh, just arresting people, bringing the CHP in to work with the sheriff. Um, what do you think is a solution to this? Really, this slew of of street takeovers that we've seen in Los Angeles and Compton, not just Compton. Well, you know what's 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 strange. Well, not can't say what's strange, but the difference is sometimes I watch other ethnic groups and their youth may be doing things like skateboarding down the side of city halls and over people's cars. And then I watch people build a skating ring for them, you know, to go and have that kind of fun. I've watched people take things that they used to detest and turn it into a sport. Right. See, so why can't we get with these people who are doing these kind of things and give them an outlet? Let's find a place where they can go and do those wheelies or donuts or whatever it is that they are doing instead of trying to criminalize it and crush it. Why don't we sit down with them and say, okay, what can we do to facilitate what you are trying to do? How can we turn that into a sport? Yeah, Randy from Watts is always talking about uh, bringing back Terminal Island Raceway for that, and that seems like it would help with the racing. What about the, what about the looting part? I mean, again, you have to look at what caused the looting. If a car went out of control, you know, and it went into a bakery, and of course, you know, our, our people gonna do what they do. Um, but the looting has to be dealt with by by the police. See, what caused the looting? Did they just run into the store or was it as a result of a car going out of control and running into a bakery? I don't know. I, I don't have the knowledge of what happened. So I can't. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it it, happened, go ahead. I'm sorry. But, but, but if it happened as a result of doing spin outs, you know, and then of course, what do you think our youth are going to do? They, yeah, they're going to run into the bakery and grab things. That's wrong. This is why you have to at least try to find an outlet. Give them something to do. Say, hey, you know, I'm in Compton, there's an airport. I don't know how, they, how much that airport is used. Well, why don't we turn that into a place where our youth can come and do these donuts, turn it into a sport? Because I've seen things get turned into a sport that, used to drive people crazy. Like Skateboarding break, was one of them. Break dancing, yeah, for sure. Now it's in the Olympics. Um, I think Fly Compton, which is a program I just did a, uh, a fundraiser for, teaches uh, young people in Compton how to be pilots. They probably don't want the airport taken over, but maybe there's a runway. Maybe there's a section. There has to be a place, right? Uh, well, let's build something. Right. Build something with all this money that we're using to to uh, put up border walls. Let's build something for the hood. Infrastructure. Some of that infrastructure money. And then people can sit in the stands and enjoy it, and that becomes a sport. Do you know, like, the uh, the raceway? Cars that are racing, do you know that these are racing start as a result, part of it started as a result of running whiskey? Mm, no, I did not know that. <laughs> you know, now you got these cats racing Going around in a circle, people sitting in the stand and enjoying it. But they used to do it in the streets. <laughs> mm. uh, Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad, 
we got a minute here. What do you want to leave us with? Um, and hopefully you'll tell us how to get in touch if people want to, you know, hear you yeah. uh, preach or get involved. Yeah. Well, I just want to leave us again with the eight steps of atonement, man. If we all could just somehow put this in our heart and spirit. The first step of atonement is pointing out the wrong. The second step, acknowledge the wrong. You know, brother, you're right. I could do better. Number three, confess the faults. See, confess it. When my wife points out something and it's true, I have to just surrender, not fight back and then try to point out her wrong. Four, <laughs> repentance. <laughs> Repent. See, you got to feel bad about what you did. <laughs> and five is atonement, meaning you make amends. What could I do in terms of reparation? What could I do to show you to repair the damage that I've done. And six is forgiveness. Most people try to do forgiveness first. No, that's the sixth step, not the first. And seven is reconciliation and restoration, meaning to become friendly again. And if you could do those seven, number eight is perfect reunion with God. This is what I would like to leave the community with. Yes, a lot of us can point at what people have done to us. That's good. But how many of us can admit what we've done to others that we, too, need to atone for? And every Sunday, Sister Dominique, at 11 o'clock, we meet at the community center, 8031 South Vermont. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., I'm doing a lecture series now titled, the trial of the modern day Jesus. You got to leave it there, you know, Minister Tony. Uh, excuse me, Minister Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad. Got to leave it there. Have to do it again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dominique.